welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. the spot from my husband today. He told you last week he was going to be preaching, but uh, it's Mother's Day, so. so I thought I would put more work into my week by studying and preparing for a Mother's Day message, but no, I believe God has some great things in store for us today. So let's just start with prayer. Can we do that? Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, that we get to come together, that we get to learn and to grow together in you, Father God, and let the words that are shared today, Lord, just help them to develop on the inside of us and build us up and strengthen us, Lord, so that we can continue to do the work that you've called us to do. We thank you for it, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've already done in the service and what you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. All right. Well, turn in your Bibles to Esther chapter 4. The message today is definitely geared towards mothers. So, I mean, the mothers deserve a sermon, I think, today, right? Uh, But if you are not a mother, don't tune out of this message because there are principles that all of us can put into our life and uh, apply to our life. And so don't just think, oh, this is just for my mom, so I'm just going to tune out today. Nope, this is for everybody. So, um, and again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Uh, I was thinking, trying to think, and I've talked to some of my friends about this, like, is there ever really a good day to have Mother's Day? There's really not, right? Especially whoever thought to put Mother's Day in May was crazy because May is one of the busiest months of the year. After December, I think May is the second busiest. You've got kids finishing up school. We've got graduations this week. Uh, And again, who puts graduations the same week as Mother's Day? That's just not fair for you mothers. So I am sorry that you have kids that are graduating. You've probably spent all weekend preparing for graduation uh, coming up in the next day or two. Uh, You've just, it's just a busy busy month. It's a super busy month. And so they throw Mother's Day in it. And then for some reason, tons of kids like to be born in May. So my son's birthday uh, is in a couple days. Anna is a Mother's Day baby. Her birthday is today and she was actually born on Mother's Day. Uh, Fun story. Uh, If you go to Applebee's after service today, you'll see the family. So you can ask them about the story about Anna being born that day, not at Applebee's, but it all got started at Applebee's. So, uh, but there's just, there's just no good day. There's always something for a mother to do, right? From the moment you open your eyes in the morning to the moment you close your eyes at night, there's just always something for mothers to do. You're going to always have to keep the kids from fighting or pick up after them or there's laundry or, you know, I tried really hard to get all the laundry done so that I wouldn't have to do any laundry today. And then my son decided to pee in his bed last night. So guess what? There's laundry today. It's a never-ending thing. There's never a good day to celebrate mothers where they get a day off. But you know, that's one of the special things too about being a mother is that my husband laughs at me every time we do get away for just a day or two because I'm so excited to get away from my kids. And within, you know, as we're saying goodbye to them, I'm crying. We are an odd species that the Lord created, but I love being away from my kids and yet I miss them at the same time. So, um, Today I want to talk to the moms, and I want to talk to anybody who feels like this. 
And that is, do you ever feel like you've got just a little bit too much on your plate? Can anyone relate to that? I know as a mother, we can definitely relate to that. But I think everyone in here can relate to the fact that there are times in our lives where we just feel like we're just trying to balance a little too much. Right. And we feel just a little unstable because of everything that we're trying to keep stable in our lives. And so that's what this message is about today. This message is about you've got this. That's my title. You've got this. We live in a world that's constantly trying to tell us that we don't got this. In fact, yesterday as I was preparing this message, I was here at the church because I couldn't prepare it at home because the kids, there's just been no way. I'm here at the church and I'm on my computer and I'm trying to type up the messages, the message today and I get an email and I should have silenced the notifications and I did it and this email popped up and it overwhelmed me and I started crying right in the middle of pre getting a message ready that says, you've got this. Why? Because someone had to email me something that I already knew I needed to take care of and it just felt like a punch in the face to be like, oh, by the way, we need you to get this taken care of quickly. And I was like, oh, I know. And it's just, there's times in our lives that we just feel like there's so much on our plate and we're just trying to keep everything above water. Amen. And so today I'm here to tell you that you can do it. Not in and of your own ability or in and of your own strength, or of your own power, but with God's help and his grace upon your life, you've got this. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So we're going to look at Esther. We don't go to the book of Esther too often in church, but we're going to go there today. Esther has a really cool story. You know, I was reading through trying to figure out where I wanted to go with this message. I got my points and then I was trying to like fill in the space between my points. And the story of Esther came up to me, and as I was reading in Esther, you know, there's a really interesting thing about her that I don't think I quite realized. At the very beginning, when it's talking about her in Esther chapter 2, it talks about how she had no father or mother. Did you guys know that? She had no father or no mother, it says. And it says that Mordecai, uh, her relative, ended up helping to take care of her. And so she, she didn't come from a great background, Right? She came from a broken home, a home who knows how her parents died when they died. But she didn't, she didn't come from like a perfect family. You know, we see her getting put into, you know, the kingdom as a queen. And we think, wow, that's so cool. But we don't look at necessarily who she started out to be. And, you know, I think a lot of times in here, we allow our past, how our life started, kind of filter and affect how we think we're going to get where we're going to be. I don't think she ever saw herself being queen. For one, she was a Jew, and the Jews were not in control at that time, right? And then two, she didn't come from really anybody special. I don't think she ever had dreams or desires to ever be queen. I don't think that would have ever been on her radar even to be there. But God, and this is my first point, God placed her there. You are placed Moms, you are placed to be a mom. Employers, you are placed to be an employer. You have been placed by God. And it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of chaos you feel like you're living in. God has placed you here for such a time as this. And in the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, we see at this time Esther has actually been uh, put as queen over the land. And this was quite a process. She had to go through a year of, I mean, she was taken to, to see if she was going to be fit to be queen. And then it took a whole year for this purification process. And she's kind of just getting it thrown into the flow of something. Again, it wasn't a part of her traditions or her religion or anything like that. She got thrown into this. And 
we see God's hand of favor upon her life. And then we see her placed into the position of queen. And then all of a sudden there's this bad guy and his name is Haman and he wants to kill the Jews, right? And so Mordecai comes up to Esther because at this time she hadn't even let them know that she was a Jew. She had been hiding that. And Mordecai comes up to her in Esther 4.14. This is what he says to her. He says, basically he's telling her it's time for you to, to, to tell everybody that this isn't okay and who you are. He says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther was thrown into a situation not of her own making right? Have you ever been thrown into a situation not of your own making? I'd say, yeah, a lot of us have because someone else made a decision for you or someone else did something that put you in a place you never thought you would be. Esther found herself in a place she never thought she would be. And yet God was able to use that place and say, I've put you here for such a time as this. So I'm here to tell you moms, like you are placed to be a mom for such a time as this. You've been given a calling, you've been given a responsibility, you've been given a privilege, and that is to raise your children in the way that they should go. Dad, same for you. Wherever you're at in life, you may feel like you are not in the best place that you could be in. Well, just remember, God's placed you with him in heavenly places. God has said that you're seated with Christ. He says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has put you in a place of royalty. He has put you in a place of position and of power. And if we would see ourselves in the place that he's put us in, man, we're unstoppable. You know, the enemy would love nothing more than to make you think that you are stuck in your place that maybe you're at naturally. Like you're just stuck in this marriage or you're just stuck with these kids or you're just stuck with this mortgage or you're just stuck with all this debt. Like there's no way out. And maybe that's a natural place you're in, but we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. We need to see ourselves placed where he has placed us. Amen. We need to stop looking at the natural things and stop getting agitated by those natural things that we see around us and realize that God has seated us in heavenly places. We are royalty. And with that comes responsibility. And with that comes power and influence. But if we don't see ourselves in that place, we're not going to live it. Right? We're not going to show other people what we have. And so we've got to take the blinders off and realize that we have been placed on this earth for such a time as this. And we can't let anything stop us. Maybe it's our own guilt our own condemnation. Maybe it's what other people have said about us or what continue to say about us. No, we've got to look past all those things and realize that we have been placed here in the kingdom for such a time as this. Do you realize you moms have been placed in this time in history to raise children who are going to help usher in the return of Jesus Christ? That's a privilege. That's an amazing privilege that you have been given. He called you here for such a time as this. I know it's so easy to think, wouldn't it have been nice to live in these days? Or wouldn't it have been nice to, you know, live at this time in life and all this stuff? No, there are people up in heaven looking down on us right now saying, wow, could you imagine what it would have been like to have lived in those days? Those are the days we're privileged to live in. But we got to see ourselves placed in this position to raise our kids, or maybe it's to be an employer, or to be an employee, or to be a minister, whatever it is that God has called you to be, He's placed you here for such a time as this. 
We have to remember that. Turn to Romans chapter, I'm going to go to my next page. Romans chapter 5. This is really cool because when you realize that you've been placed with Christ, that you have been given a place of royalty, that you have been given a place of authority, then you're going to see something here. And in Romans 5, 2, I'm actually going to read this out of the message translation. So you can look up on the screen. And, and the message is one of those Bibles that they just give you a whole lot of stuff and they put a whole bunch of scriptures together. So I'm just going to read a little part of it. And it's going to be kind of towards the end. But this is what it says. So when you find out when, that you've been placed with Christ, it says, we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. That's where you need to see yourself. You've been placed where you've always hoped you would be placed. You're in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting out praises. Moms, if you are not seeing yourself in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, then you need to start looking at where he's placed you. If you're waking up and you're starting to feel sorry for yourself or you're starting to feel overwhelmed by the stuff that's going on around you and stuff like that, you're not seeing yourself placed where God has placed you. It's just a tactic of the enemy to try to get you to think that you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. That because maybe you got pregnant before you were married. Or maybe because you're in a relationship that's not looking too good right now. Or maybe because you're having to work when you'd rather stay home with the kids. Whatever it may be that you feel like you're just placed in an area you never wanted to be. No, you're placed with Christ. You're seated with Him. And it's time for you to see yourself in that position. Stop looking at the natural. Stop looking at... God can fix all that stuff. He can fix it, but you got to allow Him. I actually love what Pastor just said where he said, God's no respecter of persons, but He's a respecter of faith. Woo! That'll preach. If God can see your faith, he can do something with it. But if he doesn't see faith, he can't do anything. You've got to be in faith for him to show up in your life. He is not going to push. He is not a bully. He's not going to step in where he's not wanted. But man, you get some faith going, then man, you are opening the door for God to be able to take any of that natural stuff that doesn't look good, that doesn't look right. And he is able to turn it into something beautiful and something amazing if you'll let him. Amen. So you are placed. My second point is you are graced for your place. Amen. You are graced for your place. Turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at another woman in the Bible. And that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, we're going to see the very first time that the angel comes to Mary. Again, I don't think Mary ever expected to be placed in the position of the mother of the Messiah. I'm going to say that probably wasn't on her radar, right? I don't think she as a little girl was thinking, man, wouldn't it be awesome to be the one to mother the Messiah? Don't think it was on her radar. And yet she unexpectedly, just like Esther, got placed into a situation that, guess what? We always talk about this in the Bible, how it says that there's no temptation that has come to anyone. Like everyone has experienced everything. Well, there is one person that has lived on this earth who's experienced something that no one else ever has or ever will experience. And that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She had an immaculate conception happen, and because of that, she is one person who has ever lived who will have a situation that nobody else can relate to. Do you think she needed some grace? Yeah. Absolutely, she needed some grace. And when the angel is talking to her at the very beginning of all of this, Luke chapter 1 and verse 28, 
says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, if you've been listening to my husband's series on favor, you would know what does favor also mean? It means grace, right? In my Bible, in the little notes section here, where it says, Rejoice, highly favored one, in parentheses it says, Much graced. So you could also say that the angel said, rejoice, much graced one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You know, when you get put into a situation, whether it's of your own making, not of your own making, maybe it's even one that the Lord is stepping you into, no matter what it is, do you know you need grace for it? And when you enter that situation, grace immediately hits the scene. It's immediately there. From the very moment that the angel spoke to Mary, the grace was there for her to be the mother of Jesus. From the very moment. That's the most amazing thing about God's grace. Sorry, Is that, did you say that again? No, Siri, I can't say that again. That would happen. That would happen. Yes. Technology, right? Praise the Lord, Siri. All right, let's hope that doesn't happen again. So, a situation comes, like what just happened to me. Guess what? Grace was there to meet me, to keep going and not get distracted by Siri trying to talk to me, okay? So, she's trying again. Stop it. So, well, that wasn't Siri. That was my mom texting me. Mother, I'm preaching right now. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. All right, so... Praise the Lord. I got lots of grace right now. Hallelujah. So Mary gets thrown into a situation, right? Totally off script. She gets thrown into a situation. And when that happens, an angel lets her know from the very beginning, you have much grace for this situation. I want to tell you today, you have much grace for whatever it is that you're facing. Whatever it is. Moms, you are graced to be a mom. You are graced to carry that child in your womb. You are graced to deliver that child. Can I get an amen, women? You are graced to raise those children in the Lord. You are graced to raise them in the days that we're living in. The grace is there for you. But this is the thing about grace. You have to allow it to work for you. Because when you start trying to do things in and of your own ability, what are you doing? You're pushing grace aside and saying, I got this. And guess what? You do got it, but you don't got it by yourself. We are fools to try to do it without God's grace in our lives. Because we can never do it. Moms, could we do it without the grace of God? No, we couldn't. There are moms trying to do it without the grace of God right now. Do you know there are people to try, who are trying to live life right now without the grace of God? And do you know what? You can't do it. And you could say, well, there's people doing it all over the world. No, they're not. Not successfully because they're going home and having to take substances just to make it through the day. That's not the way God calls us to live. His grace is more than enough. We should never have to go to anything that the world is offering just to get through the day. God's grace is more than enough. And so what's happening is we have all these people who are going to different things, whether it's alcohol or pills or, you know, other things that they can porn on the websites, whatever it is. There's all these things that the enemy is more than quick to say, oh, just try this. This is your getaway. This is what's going to help you get through till tomorrow. This is what's going to help you get through today. But God is saying, forget all that. I have grace. 
I have favored you to do this. I have favored you to live in 2022. We were favored and graced to live through 2020 and 2021. And guess what? No matter what comes in our lifetime, we are graced to handle it. But we have to allow that grace into our lives. We have to always remember no matter what season comes up in our life, we have the grace to not just get through it, but to overcome in it. Amen. Amen. I was talking to a friend, um, one of my college friends from Rama one time. This was years ago. I remember where I was driving. We were just talking about how seasons change and life changes and all of these things. And, and we just started talking about people that we love, whether it's our parents, our grandparents, just people, you know, as they start getting older and things like that, there will be a day that, you know, I will be on this earth without my grandparents, without my parents, because that's the way it's supposed to happen, right? And we started just talking about what that would look like. Don't ask me why. I don't know why we were talking about it. But like, I started getting teary-eyed about it. I started like getting really sad thinking about there could be a day in my life where I won't have some of my loved ones with me on the earth. And you know, as we were talking about it, the Lord totally corrected me. And he's like, you want to know why you feel this way right now? Because you don't have grace for that right now. Because they're still on the earth. Do you realize the moment a loved one leaves the earth, the grace you need is there? You don't have the grace for it until it happens. You don't have that grace. But when that moment comes, then you're graced. And people say, well, how do you, how do you not mourn like the world mourns? Because grace meets us there. Because grace is there for us the moment they take their last breath. So maybe the moment you find out that you got pregnant and you weren't expecting it, guess what? Grace was there to meet you. The moment you found out you lost your job, guess what? Grace was there to meet you. The moment you found out your spouse cheated on you, guess what? Grace was there to meet you. Grace will be there to meet you when you need it. So look for it because you're going to need it. When that moment happens, when that chaos comes, when that unexpected report comes, what are we going to do? We're just going to be like, okay, I got the grace to take care of it today. I got the grace to get through this. I'm going to make it. I got this. Why? Because I got God's grace on the inside of me. We have to remember that we are graced for our place. Amen. In Hebrews 4.16, stealing my hubby's main text for his last few messages. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In your time of need, go to the throne, talk to God and guess what? He's going to meet you there with the mercy and the grace that you need to overcome, not just get through, but to overcome. You know, so many times in life, I know I have felt this way a lot. I've got little kids and man, I thought I'd do better at this. I'm just going to be awesome. My name means mother. I was like, I was born to be a mother. Do you know? I don't think that's true anymore. <laughs> I am graced to be a mother, but I don't know. I, I feel like something is like missing in me. Like there's just, I love my kids, but man, it is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, no matter how many times people told me that. I have an almost three-year-old. He'll be three in three days. And I have a 10-month-old. And I love them. And they're amazing. And they drive me crazy. <laughs> Seriously. I, I mean, DJ always, like, jokes with me because... The kids will be like calling my name, one's screaming and one's, you know, whining and stuff. And he comes up to me, and if any of you have seen this movie, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. He'll come up to me and be like, they're everything you ever wanted. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, 
But you know what I have to do? I have to practice what I'm preaching right now. I have to realize I am graced to be their mother. I am graced for this season. My daughter woke me up every hour last night. I really thought we would have outgrown this stage by now. She's 10 months old. Guess what? We have it. But I am graced to be her mom. I don't know what situation you guys are facing today. I don't know what it is, but guess what? You've got the grace for it. Moms, can I get real real with you for a second here? You are graced to be a mom of an infant. You're graced to be a mom of a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old. You're graced to be a mom to send their kids off to school in the world that we live in. You're graced to be a mom when you get the report that your child has a learning disability. You're graced to be a mom when your teenager comes home and says they think they're a lesbian. You're graced to be a mom when your 20-some-year-old decides to move in with their, their girlfriend, right? You're graced to be a mom no matter what happens. You've got the grace, and with that grace comes wisdom, and with the grace comes anointing for you to still mother your children no matter what stage that they're at, no matter what they may be facing. You are graced as a mother to help your children in that situation. We live in a world, the enemy's not holding back, guys. The enemy's not pulling any punches, but you are graced to be their mom. You are graced with wisdom from the most high on how to handle any situation that comes up with your kids. You're graced for it. So don't let yourself start to feel overwhelmed. Don't let yourself start to feel like everything's out of control because God's grace will meet you in those moments. When you don't know what to say, grace is gonna help you know what to say. He is right there to help you when you need it most. You know, the thing about God's grace is we can, we can push and we can try and this may be all that we can be and we need to be up here for our kids or we need to be up here for our spouse or we need to be up here for our employer. But all we've got today is this. Well, do you know what? Grace is what's going to make the difference. And it will always be there to make the difference. You are always going to have enough and more than enough. Why? Because of God's grace. But you got to lean into that grace. you got to allow that grace into your life. Because if not, you are always going to feel like you're just not enough. You're always coming short. But God's grace is what's going to empower you to be successful in every area of your life. But you've got to lean into that grace. And you don't need to turn there. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 in the today's Passion Translation, this is a portion of scripture that... Um, gets talked about in different ways. This is just when Paul's talking about his thorn in the flesh, and I've done a whole sermon on that. I could do a whole sermon on that. I don't got time for that today. But just, I believe that Paul's thorn in the flesh was not sickness. I believe it was persecution. And this was Jesus's answer to Paul concerning this. And I'm gonna read it in the Today's Passion Translation. It says, but he answered me. So Jesus answered Paul and said, my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. My grace, God is saying, my grace is always more than enough for you. And that power is gonna find its full expression in your life in your weakness. There's gonna be times we're gonna feel weak. Is there times you feel weak? Can we be honest today? Can we be real today? There are times where we just feel like we don't have it for the day. We don't have it together. We're not enough. There's not enough time in the day. There's too much going on. There's too much on our plates. And that time of weakness, of feeling like I just can't do it all, that's when we need to let that full expression of God's power and His grace in our life and make up that difference. We can do everything that we are called to do each and every day. With the grace of God, we can do it. But we got to look to that grace. So again, you have been placed 
you are graced. So my third point is now run your race. It is time for us to start running our race. As mothers, we have a job to do. We've got children to raise, right? We've got a work for the kingdom to be done. Do you know raising your children is a part of the work of the ministry? It is a part of that. Why? Because you are raising up kids in the way they should go so that they will not depart from the faith when they are older. Amen? It is time for us to run our race. The only way we're going to be able to do that is with the grace of God. So turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I find this really interesting. So here we're going to read just a little bit of scripture. And Moses has just died. And so Joshua is getting ready to take over. And as I was thinking of some of the scriptures here, I was like, this is a really interesting passage to talk on Mother's Day. And then all of a sudden the Lord opened my eyes to something. And that was this. Joshua is taking over because Moses had just died. Joshua is now leading who? The children of Israel. This is God's children. Joshua is now the leader of God's chosen people, his children. And God has some instruction for Joshua. And so we're going to read this today and see how God instructed Joshua to take care of his children, okay? Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is God talking to Joshua, who's taking over parenting, if you want to say, the children of Israel. And there's a couple things I want to point out here. The first one is, says that so as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Do you know we have the promise of God that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. There may be times in our life that we feel like we are doing it all on our own, that we don't have help, that we don't have the strength to do it. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. As he was with Moses, just think about how God was with Moses. If you know any of the story from the Old Testament, the things that God did with Moses, through Moses, to get the children of Israel out of the bondage of slavery, God showed up in miraculous ways. And he says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. So will he be with us, guys. No matter what situation comes our way, he will never leave us or forsake us. And then he says to be strong and of good courage. I think parents, we need to remind ourselves of this. We need to be strong. And we need to be of good courage. A little bit later it says, only be strong and very courageous. 
And he says it again, be strong and of good courage. He says, do not be afraid. And I liked this next one, nor be dismayed. How many times in life do we feel dismayed by what's going on around us? Parents, how many times have you been tempted to feel dismayed by the choices your children are making? How many times have you been tempted to be afraid for your kids? God's telling us we need to, as parents, be strong and we need to be courageous. We need to not be afraid or be dismayed for the Lord is with us wherever we go. The Lord is with your kids wherever they go. We have to remember that the kids, just like how Hannah had to dedicate her child to the Lord, we do that here as a sign of, you know, giving our kids over to the Lord. But what happens so many times, parents, is we take them back. We give them to the Lord and we put our trust in the Lord for them. But then a situation arises that freaks us out. And so what do we do? We take them back and say, okay, we can do this. We get, okay, if I just do this and if I just spend a little bit more time with them or if we just cut this out of their life and we just start all of a sudden just start trying to multitask and you know, all this is micromanage their lives so that they don't go down the wrong path. And what we're doing is we've forgotten that we've given them to the Lord. And the Lord tells us to be strong and have courage, but to not be afraid. We can't raise our kids in fear of the day that we're living in. We can't do it. There's a phrase, and I, I heard this phrase when I was a teenager, and I actually remember it to this day because it hit me so hard back then. I was at a youth conference called Acquire the Fire, and this lady was speaking, and she talked about how with our kids, they need to be insulated with the word of God, not isolated from the world. What does that mean? It means, parents, that it is our job to insulate our kids with the word of God. Not isolate them from the world. You try to isolate them from the world, guess what? The world's going to show up on their doorstep at some point or another because the Bible says we are in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And so too many times I see parents get scared of what's going on in the world. And so they isolate their kids. They take them you know, out of situations that, because of fear. Now, if the Lord leads you to take your kids out of situations or not have certain friends, then do it, Right. But I'm just saying, if you're doing something based out of fear and you isolate your kids, it's like you think of a can of pop, all right? And you got that can. And if they're isolated, if they're empty, how easy is it for the world to crush them? It's pretty easy, right? Because there's nothing in there. There's no substance in them. But if you've insulated them with the word of God, no matter how much pressure from the world comes against your kids, no matter how tight that pressure is, if it's full of the word of God, are they going to be crushed? No, they're not, because they're going to have the substance in them they need to overcome. Parents, it is so important as we raise our kids that we remember what's most important, that we remember what we're truly graced to raise our kids for, and that is, again, the work of the ministry. It's for them to be godly men and women upon this earth, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, who can give an answer when their friends are in need of answers. It is so important, parents, that you are not letting the church be the only one to raise your kids spiritually. We, would, we can't do a good enough job. Why? Because we only get your kids once a week at best. We need you, parents, to be insulating your kids with the word of God. If you don't know the stories, well, you read the stories and read them to your kids. Learn together. But it is time, parents, for us to put the priorities where they need to be and stop getting so focused on all the natural things that all your kids are doing. Yes, it's fine if your kids play sports. It's fine if they do all the fun extracurricular activities. But I'm telling you, parents, if you're getting too caught up and too stressed trying to do a balancing act because of all of those things with your kids, that you're not getting time with the word with your kids every day, then you're going to feel overwhelmed. 
It's not going to work great. But if you allow the grace of God to help you as a parent to manage your time wisely and to find the time to put first things first, and that is God in them, then we don't have to be worried about their future. We don't have to be concerned about what may or may come up their way, what temptations they may experience. Why? Because they've got something stronger on the inside of them. I think as parents, we've got to take a step back and kind of have a, a Mary Martha moment. Do you guys remember that story? What was Martha doing? She was so busy, 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 trying to do good things. Imagine if she had had kids, right? So busy trying to just do that balancing act of being a good mom and doing all these things. And Jesus is like, yeah, I see what you're doing, but that's not what's needful right now. What's needful is the thing that Mary has chosen, and that is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Parents, it's time for you to start sitting at the feet of Jesus with your children. Bring your children to the feet of Jesus with you. That's what they need. That's what they need. They don't need all the extracurricular activities. Well, but that's what's going to get them a scholarship. They don't need that. God can pay for your kids' college tuition. Come on. He's God, right? He can do that. But one thing is needful, and we need to choose. It's a choice we have to make every day, and that is to just sit at the feet of Jesus and get filled up on his grace and get filled up on his love and get filled up on what he's called us to do and show our kids how to do that. And if we can do that, then guess what? We're gonna be successful as parents and our kids are gonna be successful kids and they're gonna be lights in their school and they're gonna be examples and witnesses of the things of God. But it's all gonna start back with us. Are we making sure that we're operating out of the place that God has called us to be in and with the grace that he has given us? Are we running our race as moms, as dad, right? Are we doing that? It is so important, you guys. I have been a youth pastor for a really long time. Before that, I was in children's ministry for a really long time. And I have not seen things getting better as kids get older. I've been seeing decline in the kids' knowledge of scripture and their knowledge of Bible stories, things that I used to take for granted. You know, right now I'm doing a series where we're going back over all of the scripture, all these scriptures in the Old Testament. Why? Because kids don't know them anymore. You think kids maybe know about like Abraham and Sarah or Abraham and Isaac and all of that. I have kids that don't even know these stories anymore. And I take for granted that, you know, that that's just being taught to them. There's so much, and I'm not saying that it's not being taught to them, but what I'm saying is there's so much other stuff being taught to them that they're not catching some of these basic things. Abraham, our father in the faith, the things we can learn from him. And so in this balancing act of life, of being mom, of being dad, of being worker, of being you know, a wife, a husband, a, an employer, an employee, whatever it is, a student, whatever, whatever path you're in right now, whatever place you're in right now, I want you to just take account of it and say, am I running the race that God has called me to run? Am I allowing his grace to help me run this race? Have I put myself in places that God hasn't put me in? Have I put myself in situations or with people that I should not be with right now and I need to get myself back to the place that God has called me to be? It is so important that we take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and to let his grace wash over us and to allow his presence to be upon us so that we can be the moms that we want to be. Right? I'm talking about who I want to be as a mom. Maybe the world won't see this, but I see myself being a mom that loves her kids unconditionally. 
who can see past some of the things and get to the heart of the matter with them, who can help mold them and shape them into the person God's created them to be. That's who I want to be, but I can't do that in and of my own ability. So yes, my sermon today is titled, You've Got This, but guess what? You don't got this unless you allow the grace of God to help you, unless you allow Jesus to be there with you to remind yourself that he hasn't left you and he hasn't forsaken you and that he's told you to not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, that you're supposed to meditate in it day and night. And if you do those things and if you sit at his feet, then man, you're opening the door to some pretty amazing things as a parent. And that's what we want to see. Parenting is supposed to be fun. Parenting is supposed to be rewarding. Parenting is supposed to be a joy. And if it is not, and there's going to be moments, trust me, I know there's going to be moments, but at the end of the day, if you're going to bed feeling more exhausted by being a parent than joyful, then something's off. Yes, there's going to be days where the kids act up. Yes, there's going to be things that come. But again, if you're allowing that grace to meet you on those days, then at the end of the day, you should be able to sleep in peace, knowing that you're doing your best with God's help to raise those kids properly, that your kids are going to turn out successful, that they are going to be mighty warriors for God, right? So we need to take account of ourselves and say, are we allowing ourselves to be in the place God has called us to be? Are we running that race with the grace that he's given us so that we can truly be the parents he's called us to be? Amen. Amen. In closing, I just want to say this real quick. So knowing you are placed and graced gets rid of the excuse that says, I can't. Knowing that you are placed and graced gets rid of the insecurities that say, I'm not enough. And knowing your place and your, that your grace gets rid of the doubt that says, what if I fail? Those won't come up anymore if you know that you've been placed and that you've been graced. You've got this. With the help of God, you've got this. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father God, we just worship you and magnify you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Lord, right now, we just take account of our own lives. We take account of of what we've been doing as parents or, like I said, as employers, employees, whatever situation we're in. We just take account right now. And if we have not been allowing the grace of God to fill us up, Lord, we just, we acknowledge that and we repent of that right now. And we say that we lean into your grace. We lean into your power. We lean into your love that's unconditional for us so that we can be the people that you've called us to be, so that we can be the parents that you've called us to be. We just thank you for this, Father God. We thank you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I I just want to say something, Rachel, while you're here. So when when she talked about leaning into the grace of God, you you can get a picture of that, right? You you lean into something that you believe is going to catch you and put its arms around you. it reminded me, of, you, you referred to the scripture where Paul talked about a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. Blow after blow after blow. And you're right, it was persecution. It wasn't sickness or disease. He, he doesn't mention that there. And um, he, he did what a lot of people are doing today. You know, we follow Paul as we follow the Lord. Paul, Paul's not saying he did everything 100% perfect and right in the most mature way. But he said in, in 2 Corinthians 12, he said... I prayed and I prayed and I prayed that the Lord would deliver me from this demonic attack and nothing. But the Lord revealed to him that his grace was sufficient all along. So Paul went from praying to get the victory to saying to get the victory. 
He didn't get much when he was praying. He sought the Lord thrice, nothing. But when the Lord said, what you need to do is you need to start saying something, not just praying something. And so Paul realized, here's what I need to say. And parents, moms, this is what you need to say. His grace is sufficient for me. And lean into that and believe that with all of your heart and watch a power beyond yourself coming on you. There may be times it's so strong that you're crying and at the same time laughing because of the strength and the power that comes into you when you reach out for it. Dominic set this whole thing up with weeks and weeks of teaching on the grace of God to get us to realize it's there. Believe it. Grab onto it. Lean into it. Say his grace is sufficient for me. Paul was praying and praying and praying for something he already had. He needed to activate what he had by saying, God, in the midst of my weakness, in the midst of this affliction, in the midst of this demonic attack, your grace is sufficient for me. And after he said it, he started saying, praise God, the power came on the scene. I got through this. I got through that. I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. All the afflictions that came to me at Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, every one of them, the Lord delivered me out of because he realized I got to say some things once in a while. His grace is sufficient for me. And I just, you're going to experience something right now that may be a little different, but um, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 13 says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. The Lord wants to say something to you right now, hot off the wire as a church. So I just encourage, if you have that scripture, you can put up on there. First Corinthians 14, 13, we're instructed in the New Testament. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. There are some things the Lord wants to say to congregations hot off the wire, if you would. Rachel spoke today, hot off the wire. The gift of prophecy was operating as she was speaking. You could tell the inspiration was there. It was not just dry information. There was inspiration. And so I'm going to say something to the church in other tongues, and I'm going to believe the Lord for the interpretation because he loves you so much. Kivanto egremito zina, agro, beje, vida, Acre impacu utnste fragixtena ankripa ichako. Dovota, 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 dovota. Morintakai ziantaprochi vietakutu umpra pe axinio mianto grevete griashto. As you come to this church in the next few weeks and months, and yea, even in the next year or two, you're going to be hearing some things that's going to build you up on the inside to make you ready for things coming against you on the outside. It started today. This message broke through something. Things are happening in the invisible realm in Faith Heights Church, and those that are called are going to be receiving higher level equipping, higher level revelation to meet the challenges, to overcome the problems, and to fulfill the perfect will of God for your life. There'll be some things addressed in the family area. Things that maybe Kosuto, Frenachi, Panganisti, Kustamotogre, Ekrajivaktik, maybe some things that could have and should have been shared in the past, but they will now. And there'll be a great equipping and your children, parents, will begin to rise up with a different view of life. They'll see things a bit differently, which will lead to more differences and it'll bring them on the right road. They won't want the world. They'll want the things of God. They'll realize their time is short. They'll realize that what we do for God, we have to do now. They'll realize how their life is connected to eternity and not just college educations and goals and awards and sports. They will see things from a higher view because the Spirit of God is turning up
up the anointing in this church in the area of preaching and teaching and manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, primarily the power of God. For these things are needed in this hour. So lift up your voice and hands and say, thank you, Lord, for blessing my church and turning up the glory. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we look forward to the next few weeks, months, and years. We thank you for great things you're doing. We thank you, Father. We thank you and we praise you. And you'll begin to notice a marked difference in even the leaders of your church. For I am moving upon them in a greater way for the the hour calls for it. The end of all things is at hand and there must be increase. And the hunger in this church is allowing me to fill this church to a greater degree than has ever been before. Thank you, Lord. We believe it's happening in your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How many are thankful for what the Lord shared with you today through this servant of the Lord? Are you glad for that? We, we praise God for Rachel and Dominic and others in the church. We thank God for the study and the prayer that they do because it's paying off. Great things are in the making, and we're excited about these end times. So, Rachel, thank you for sharing with us today. Go ahead and do what you need to do. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 